Hello, welcome to Payne's Plough's Insights. Insights is a new series of podcasts live from the Payne's Plough rehearsal room where our director and playwright reflect on the week's progress, featuring a different guest each week. The following content may contain occasional strong language. Hello and welcome to You Stupid Podcast. My name is James Grieve. I am directing the world premiere of You Stupid Darkness by Sam Steiner. And with me uh, this week is Sam Steiner. Hi James. Hi Sam. And our producers Joe. Hello. And Phil. Hi guys. So the very first thing we have to do in this episode four of You Stupid Podcast is make a uh, shame-faced confession. Because uh, episode four of your stupid podcast should have been recorded in week four of rehearsals for you stupid darkness. Instead, Sam, we are recording this when week nine, nine, no, eight or something. Severely past rehearsals, severely late. Run and uh, <laughs> in the aftermath. Yeah. And indeed aftermath. Yeah. We're sorry, guys. We, we started out in uh, full of hope and expectation that we would record one of these podcasts every week throughout the process and keep you up to date with how we got on. We underestimated, which is foolish because we, it's not our first rodeo, but we underestimated just how uh, much brain and physical energy would be required to put the show on and how little we would have left for podcasting. So, we apologise, uh, but we thought what we would do uh, to try and um, pick up a little bit from, from where we left off is rewind in our, in our minds to week four of rehearsals and just have a chat about uh, everything that happens thereafter up into press night and indeed the run of the show. So, rewind Sam, back to that beautiful rewind. big... Can we put in like a rewind room. sound effect? There? I'm sure we could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like an um, idyllic... Um, Don Kennedy, who brilliantly edits this podcast, as well as being the sound designer on You Stupid Darkness. What can't he do? What can't he do? Um, Dom, at this point, it'd be great if you could put a little rewind sound. Um, So, uh, the last time we made a podcast, we talked to the actors, and it was the end of week three, and we were in rehearsals in Plymouth. Um, uh, and we were approaching the end of our rehearsal period. Uh, week four, we moved into the into the very end, and we started running the show. Uh, it's a while ago now, but what what are your recollections of that week? I remember. So at the end of week three, we did our first run, which we yeah. talked about in the last podcast, and then the start of week four, I remember it. I remember being really happy with the run and being really um, encouraged by the run that we did. And then it's slightly, not falling apart at the start of week four, but as we kind of went in to try and take that run to the next level, a load of stuff got thrown up that, um, that complicated a lot of the stuff that we already had. Yeah. And so I remember the first few days of week four being quite uh, just a just a bit of a head fuck really and just kind of like we're cha- we were changing stuff that we'd figured out and reworking stuff and a couple of big things have been thrown out there like whether we have an interval in the show or not yeah. um, like whether this <laughs> this one act play becomes a two act play essentially so that was a um, massive conversation yeah. that came out that was uh, our first run at the end of week three um, it was a bit longer than we thought it might be, or I thought it you might very be. Gra- <laughs> we, we had a production meeting on the Thursday of week three, 
that we've not mentioned that we clearly didn't mention in the last podcast because we were still I mean still just like traumatized and also we just hadn't told the actors I think (laughs) Um, but uh, we had a production meeting at the end of week three where James very boldly said that the show was going to be 80 minutes long yeah and then we did the run the following just straight after lunch I think and it ran at two hours 15 two hours 20 or something like that (laughs) yeah um so almost almost 60 minutes longer than James had anticipated. And I would ordinarily pride myself on being quite good at predicting the length of plays. Never have I been so catastrophically wrong <laughs> as I was on this occasion. So, so that was the problem. So we knew that we would cut, obviously the first run's always significantly longer than the running time you'll reach, but uh, it was apparent from that run that we were never going to be able to get it to a length where it could run comfortably without an interval yeah. yeah so we then we then went to the pub and had a big discussion about whether to put an interval in it was just, well we, we talked about the interval and we talked about making a couple of cuts yeah um, and both of which we ended up doing essentially yeah. making some trims to a couple of scenes that felt slightly extraneous in, in the fourth Just week. tell us about that because we cut we cut two whole scenes, didn't we? Yeah, outright. Outright. Yeah. How, how was it that hurt real bad? Hurt. No, it's fine. <laughs> I quite liked. I did quite like the scenes, but I think you and Freddie Crossley, assistant director, guest of, former guest of the former show, former guest of the show, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, both said very wisely that though they were nice scenes we kind of had stuff in previous scenes that were doing the same job and doing it more efficiently. Um, and so essentially what we did um, is cut them wholesale and move one line. I think it was one line we were like, this line is important, so we can just, we'll just stick this at the end of, uh, at the end of one of the previous scenes. Um, and that worked really well. I remember being, I remember being like, uh, being like slightly annoyed with how well it works because I was like, oh, I did really like those scenes. They were quite good scenes. But then we did it and I was like, oh, of course that's right, isn't it? Of course James and Freddie are right. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, and then we had a long conversation about the interval, um, which we kind of ummed and ahmed about for the next, for most of week four, actually, really. You took those cuts and those changes really, um, uh, brilliantly and pragmatically but it you know I know from previous experience it can be incredibly painful right at the end of the process for actors for for me for writers particularly to cut big chunks of a play that we've lived with and worked on so hard and and were you were you covering up for um, deep emotional terms no I mean weirdly no some I'm not I, I don't find myself being that precious about cuts most of the time I think if there was something that I really liked that had to go, then in fine, it, it, I would have been more annoyed about it or more just sad about it. But um, but it just felt quite clear quite quickly that, they, that it was the right call. And I was, a lot of the things we talked about in week four actually were moments where someone suggested something or someone did something. I remember there was a moment where you just turned a chair around and it kind of like, broke down the door to someone's <laughs> brain and you were like, oh yeah, of course that's the answer to a huge fundamental problem that we've been having. Um, but, but and yeah, it felt so simple at the time. And I think that's what happened with the script. So it, felt, it became very obvious quite quickly that it was the right call. 
It's interesting you say that about the beginning of week four because I think that's all also quite common that you get to a to a run at the end of week three and you go, Oh well, this is we've got something here, this yeah. feels really solid. And then you go in really forensically and try and make it better. And actually in order to do so it's like it's sort of like taking apart the entire engine of a car and then trying to figure out how to put it yeah, back together yeah, again. Yeah. And you know, it, it's sort of terrifying to see all the pieces of the engine spread out across the room again when you know you've only got a few days left to rehearse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that ticking clock sound as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, so then we spent like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of week four and Thursday morning doing that, kind of taking it apart and putting it back together and then we did yeah. another run Thursday afternoon. Yeah. And I honestly cannot remember what I thought of that run. <laughs> Maybe I plucked it out. Maybe it's that traumatic. Um, no, I remember because we did another run on Thursday and then we yeah. did a run on Saturday. Yeah, and we did a full day of notes on Friday. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I remember Thursday's run being quite encouraging and yeah. then us absolutely storming through notes on Friday yeah. at an unprecedented speed. Yeah. And then Saturday's run being feeling really special. Yeah. Um, and just being, I remember, I remember you sat us down after Saturday's run and was like, and we're like, listen guys, we're about to go into tech, it's all going to go to pieces, but what you've just done is brilliant and let's just pride ourselves on that and try and keep that as, hold that as close as we enter the tornado that is the technical rehearsal. Yes, because then we moved, so that was a, it was brilliant that run in the rehearsal yeah. room, um, yeah. and then we moved to tech, and then if, if the last week of rehearsals is like taking it all apart to put it back together again, tech is like taking a sledgehammer to all of the, yeah, yeah. the work that we've done in the rehearsal room. Um, all those, in the best all possible way. In the car engine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, in the best, I, I love tech, but you, you're, I'm always very conscious of the fact that all of the delicacy and nuance that we've achieved in the rehearsal room needs to be refound essentially within a different, yeah, yeah, um, within a different context. So, what's from a playwright's perspective? Yeah, what is it like going into day one of tech compared to being in the rehearsal room the week before? I think it's it's a it just feels like a total ratcheting up on on the pressure cooker of the rehearsal process in that the rehearsal process is both the most magical thing and the most excruciating thing in the world and tech is even more so of both those things like seeing the set in a natural space and seeing the lights and seeing the sound and um, is all unbelievable because it's like more vivid and real and practical than you've ever than you've ever imagined and more and more different than you've ever imagined as well but also just the process of it is a total um a, like just like torture in some ways <laughs> um in and it should be and it has to be um but there's because rightfully i think the playwright has no control at that stage and so like my experience was sitting at the back and just kind of having my heart in my throat for three days, four days, how long? How? Three days. <laughs> for, 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 for a year and a half. Um, no. and, uh, and, and, you know, watching people slowly figure it, try stuff that doesn't work and then try stuff that does work and come to the right realisations. But it's, uh, it's a... Yeah, it's like it's like you're watching yourself watching surgery conducted on your own organs yeah. at the time, <laughs> um, live in front of you. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's, but I'm interested in how it was for you as well, because you are running the whole ship and you are both trying stuff out and trying to keep a hold of so many different elements at the same time, whilst also not, whilst also kind of protecting everyone's hard work. So it must be a total kind of, like, just in terms of how you organise your brain during that period, it must be a total nightmare. It's certainly the time, I mean, I love it, but it is certainly yeah. the time when, as the, when the job of the director really comes to the fore, because you, you, you are sort of now managing multiple teams of brilliant people. Yeah. I always feel with tech, it's almost like starting again, in a strange way. You yeah. reach the end of your rehearsal process, you've had this amazing four weeks of intensive work with the writer, with the text, with the actors and then you start tech and you basically have four days to start from first draft with the creative team yeah. all of whom have been really engaged with the process up until that point but you know, who generally have not had the opportunity to actually try stuff out yeah. so the, the first couple of sessions of tech and I, I think what you're describing as a playwright is kind of excruciating to watch is just trial and error of yeah, totally, ideas yeah. that maybe have sounded wonderful in conversations two months earlier mm. but are now being tried out in front of our eyes in the room and that need not only to work creatively and artistically but also practically so f- the first couple of sessions of tech for me were all about um, working out how long it takes actors to get from a quick change area to the stage yeah. working out how long it takes to open a door and how how long it takes for people to take off coats and bags before you can start the set the scene you know yeah. it's all those kind of things that actually no matter how how rigorously you prepare you just don't know until you try it yeah and uh, so there's there's a kind of bit of my brain that is thinking very practically about the, the how to solve a problem of it taking a ridiculously long time to do a scene change just because everyone's got to do things like change costume and enter the stage and sit down. Uh, alongside the, a bit that I love, which is working with Amy, designer, Peter, lighting designer, Dom, sound designer, who are constantly creating things and showing them to me or allowing me to listen to them um, and, and having really creative quite fast-paced conversations yeah. going, that feels really right, Yeah, maybe we could try this, maybe we could try that. Yeah. Um, that was it. That was amazing to watch as well. Like as, as, as torturous as I've said it was, it was kind of the pace and immediacy of their creativity was, like from someone that spends two years writing a play, <laughs> totally, you know, it's like they were improvising. Yeah but with all these different elements and like you were just kind of st- standing there riffing together yeah. um, which is kind of mind blowing I think I love that bit yeah. I, love, I mean that's why you know when you get to work with a great creative team as these guys are uh, it's a huge privilege because you can just throw out some, you know, a feeling or an idea really really um, uh, intangible in ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. and have extraordinary minds translate them into something practical on yeah. stage uh, and and then be shown that thing and be and have the, have a sense of one of kind of childlike wonder at what's just been created yeah and and I and I love the process of making mistakes with that as well you know and that obviously continued through tech and into our 
previews that we would try stuff out and it might feel really great during the day and then we'd watch it in the evening in front of the audience and get on it's not yeah it's not yeah but that 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 process of discovery is thrilling to be yeah i think the interesting thing about it as well from my perspective was that the because we're working with three such hugely creative people who were just so like full of ideas in the in the three designers um it was interesting to watch how you kind of marshaled them into some form of coherence together. So how it's how it went from these kind of incredibly vivid ideas to something that that felt like they were all working in sync rather than kind of pulling in different directions, um, which must have been a huge challenge. Well, I mean, I, and there's a big shortcut there because Peter and Don have worked together a, a yeah. lot before, so they yeah. they are already a brilliant kind of uh, double act. Um, but I think it's always the case that the the tech is a search for coherence, and um, yeah. not only amongst the the overall aesthetic, but how the aesthetic develops through the show. Yeah, totally. So, uh, as happened this time, happens. Normally, you do you do the first kind of scene, I guess you take the first scene, and then you move on, and, and you get better at teching as you go, and you get a more clear idea of what the show is. So then you get to the end of tech, and you go back to the beginning, or you go yeah, to a yeah, dress yeah. rehearsal, and you're like, what were we doing at the beginning? Yeah, like, what yeah, yeah. What's going on here? The first scenes... Is that first scene change there? The first scene change, the first week one to week two scene change. The first draft of it, you know, was terrible. Well, it was... It was <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> like visually, it was incredible. But I'd actually forgotten about that. We yeah. couldn't. We didn't realize until after we got to the end that it was like, incredible in a totally different show. <laughs> totally different yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It was like a kind of straight out of um, a schlock horror movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it looked super cool. But yeah. yeah, it just wasn't. Didn't. There were quite a show. few of those times where we were like, "This is great." In someone else's show. Someone else's show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guys, we don't want some scene changes. We've yeah, got, we've got there, so we've many got on guys. tap. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there were some quite complex technical things to achieve. Mm-hmm. So, um, thinking back to uh, week, episode two of the podcast, when we had Rosie, our brilliant ASM, talking about some of the yeah. challenges. Yeah. Um, never... W- have a stage management and technical team been more tested than during that tech because there were yeah. there were so many things that we asked them. The the biggest probably being that we flooded the entire the stage. stage. Yeah. Um, uh, we also had drips falling from the ceiling. We had yeah. uh, paper being blown around the room. Yeah. A sort of wind tunnel. Yeah, yeah. We had all of the posters spontaneously falling off the wall. Yeah. We had a kettle exploding. We had, we had snow. A le- late edition snow. Yeah. Late edition snow didn't come until about preview three, I think. I think, yeah, the last preview that you were like, what about snow? <laughs> remember just dropping the word snow into tech notes. Just, just a sort of general sense of unease. Maybe. You've been wanting to do it for a little while. And you're like, today's the day. Everyone could take it. It's like, is he joking? Uh, but we made it. We got. We yeah, it worked brilliant. Really, we got yeah. through all of those. Yeah. Got through all those things. Yeah. Um, but I suppose from from your perspective, seeing uh, you know, it's all it's everything up until that point really is about the play, and then 
it, it does sort of get hijacked by actually now everything is about how do we drop paper out of the roof so that it looks yeah, like it's been yeah. thrown around the room. How is that, you know, how is it sitting at the back and watching literally a three hour session be overtaken by paper? It's, um, I mean, it's it's great. You get, I got really into it. So I got really into, oh, well, maybe if we drop the paper from that point or, like, I, I quite liked how practical it is. Like, I quite enjoyed, like, mopping up the stage at the end after it was, when, it, when, it, when we were flooding, we had to t- do another water test. Um, because it feels quite, uh, those kind of very practical problems feel quite team uh, team building and quite, uh, and just quite fun. And, and also just refreshingly different from my day job, I guess, essentially. Um, I think the thing that I was worried about, and I'm sure that all writers are worried about whenever it happens, is whenever they go through tech, is just that the the sheer amount of stuff involved would just mean that the actors would totally lose what they were doing. And I think they miraculously didn't really. I think, um, I, th- I think in that first in the dress run, that first preview, I was like really pleasingly surprised that I thought the performances were still at the level that they were on set, that they were in that last rehearsal room run, and that over the course of the previews they just kind of. Yeah, got better and better and better. It's an incredible thing, isn't it? Because it, it, I sort of equate it to asking um, Roger Federer to play a tennis match, but within between every point that he plays, you change the surface from grass to clay yeah, to concrete. Yeah, yeah. Then you change the racket he's got to use. Then you ch- say, can you change your clothes now? And yeah. you know, it's like it's like throwing all this stuff at the actors totally. and, get, and then going to them. But can you still be completely brilliant, just yeah. as you were last week in the rehearsal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a real skill that they managed to pull through it. Yeah, um, it requires just a like next level amount of holding your nerve, essentially. Yeah, just kind of like focusing on the on each other and on the play. And talking of holding your nerve, and yeah. how was the first preview when when after all of the after all of the work we've done, an audience sort of files into the room, takes their seats, the lights go down, you're sitting in the back with me with a notepad. Yeah, I I found the first preview. I quite enjoyed the first. I found the dress rehearsal quite hard. I think just because that was when we were still, it just felt like we were still figuring all of those, all those things out and still figuring all the decisions out. Um, and there's stuff that we tried for the dress rehearsal that we haven't tried before, that some of which worked and some of which, did, some of which didn't, whereas, and the dress rehearsal was on the, the afternoon of the first preview, so I knew yeah. that whatever we did there was gonna be the, fir- was gonna be the final show, the first preview, and that meant that I could watch it just going, all right, I know there are things that are wrong with this, but we don't have to, but we're going, we're going to tackle those all anyway, so I'm just watching this to find new things that we need to talk, that we need to figure out. Um, but it was nice, I think it was nice to hear, it was nice to hear laughter again, because you know, we'd rehearsed the play for so long and then gone through, um, gone through the whole tech period and forgot, I think, to an extent, forgotten that it, it be funny, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was nice to feel that warmth from the audience. Um, it was also just good to like, yeah, to highlight different things that we forgot that we realised that we hadn't done. Like I remember in the first preview, we lost a load of people at the interval because they thought it was the end of the show. Because we, we hadn't made it clear interval. that there was that yeah. there was an interval. Because there had only there hadn't been one. Two <laughs> <interval. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yes. so it was like stuff like that going. All right, so let's uh, let's fix that. Well, and just the interval moment. I mean, the, the, technically, we changed what we did to signify what was to, to get into the interval every single day. At and we changed yeah. our press 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, it, 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 it worked on press night for the first time, really. Yeah, I think it failed yeah. every day up until Well, it's point. a really interesting, like, dramatic thing that you need to tell the audience, isn't it? You need to tell them, like, we're on a brief pause, but please, but get ready for more. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and yeah. so it needs to be kind of, a, like, final but not final. And that's a really hard amount of hard information to get across in just a tech kit. Remember at the end of when we had our late session after first preview, you yeah. jokingly said maybe I should change the last line about one to Oh, I wonder what will happen next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and although that was obviously a joke, um, there is something in that. Yeah, there is yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know, and that is sort of what an interval line should do. And yeah. we we needed to do Rather than you change the line, technically, as a creative team, we needed to do that yeah. in the in the technical, um, which maybe we got to eventually. Yeah. So on previews, then we did our first preview on Thursday night, then another preview Friday, another Saturday, another uh, on Monday, and then we had our press day on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. The preview days. Um, I'm just going to describe what the day is like. Uh, so we'd normally be in at nine a.m. with the creative team doing working tech notes, uh, which was basically solving lighting, sound, stage issues that had come up in the, in the night before. And we'd then uh, welcome the actors either the late, late morning or after lunch at sort of 2 p.m. and spend maybe three hours working notes with the actors on stage. Mm-hmm. We'd then have a dinner break where uh, we would go and eat ramen or... Um, or tapas near the theatre, and then we'd do the preview, and then we would have technical notes in the theatre where everybody who's working the show sits in the theatre, and we all exchange our notes about uh, what we need to improve and work out process for the next day. And then you and I would go to Pub on the Ho, (laughs) and we would do our note sessions with Annie, our movement director, and Freddie, assistant director. Um, which would often go quite late into yeah, the night. Yeah, there was one time, I think it was, like, was it after the first preview, where we were we were still going and looked at our watches, and we were like, oh, right, it's hard to. yeah. yeah. Um, so long days. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I really enjoy that. Is, it, is, is, is that enjoyable? I really enjoyed, I remember really enjoying the half two one, because we were just, it felt like we were just really getting down to it. Do you know what I mean? It felt, and, um, again, it's when you, it's, it's so pleasingly different from how I spend most of my time because it's so rare as 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 a playwright that you see progress happening in front of you because it's so glacially slow. And it was just stuff like we'd chat about something and then we'd work it in and we'd do it. And it's just really, it's just quite satisfying. Um, and, and then I just, yeah, I remember those long note sessions in the pub where we were just it felt like we were just cracking the play um, slowly but surely because we were seeing it properly for the first time and seeing it. and that means seeing it with all the all the kind of bells and whistles of the tech and seeing it properly because we were seeing it through the audience's eyes rather than just our own eyes um, and so it, f- it felt quite satisfying you're still kind of on edge because you you know it's not quite there and you're like a tiny, a, like it. It feels. Like, it felt like a really delicate play from the start, and it felt like tiny changes could make huge amounts of difference. So I was very conscious of not screwing up stuff that we'd we'd already got, but 
but I enjoyed it. I think. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I mean, I I love that process. It's, it yeah. is um, always uh, tiring, just in terms of the the number of hours in the day and the amount uh, and yeah. how much there is to do and the, and the mental energy that you expend, try, you know, out of out of desperation to get every last moment of the show right. Yeah, but. I'm never happier. I don't think than in, you know. I feel like that's why we do it. And yeah, for sure. To be working with such a talented and brilliant group of people, uh, and to be all entirely focused on creating this thing that we all really cared about and believed in, yeah. I find just exhilarating. Yeah. Um, and 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 the deter you know the sort of and you get energy from just being so determined to get it right just yeah. Yeah, so yeah, close yeah. now if you see it you know it's just like yeah, it's just beyond our grasp just beyond our grasp and sometimes you know the answers and you go right, right you know I know really clearly what I need to do tomorrow and sometimes those those conversations in the pub at the end of the night are so vital and so exciting because you yeah. don't know what the problem is but by sort of going by sharing with the, with the group, you can sort of go like, "There's just a problem with yeah, this it thing. Feel I don't right. know what what yeah. it is," and and you know you just sort of thrash it out and then yeah, definitely, uh, and definitely. work out. A, a, and it's so and it's so in your head at that at that point that like, you know, I remember those conversations in the pub. We just na- we just kind of navigate from just having an inane conversation about Man United or something like that, and then straight back to the straight back to like a particular moment of the show without kind of. Our conversations Without about Man United were never inane, Sam. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in depth. And, Very in depth. And we should yeah. put them on record at we some should, point. We should. <laughs> um, so, one moment during previews that I, I want to ask you about is mm. when the published playtext turns up in the box. Yeah. How, how did that feel? Oh, that? it was great. Oh, you know, it's always like, it's always such a highlight. And it's, it's, so it was, in, it was in the tech. Oh, was it? In yeah, tech it's in story? tech because it always gets there a couple of days before previews. And it's such a... It's weird with, with because this one was already out of date. Like the the published play text is already yeah, 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 like yeah. has like two or th- two extra scenes, a load of extra um, stuff that's been cut and refined. Um, but there's something about when whilst you're whilst you're in the middle of um, tearing something apart and putting it back together, and when you're yeah you know, we're in the middle of making this show and changing loads of stuff and forming it. Um, getting a box full of finished <laughs> items um, that uh, were neatly packaged and uh, I think Nick Hearn did an amazing job with the with the um, the addition as well so I think it looks great it just feels like you know it feels like okay we've got we've got a thing there's an actual physical thing here so that thing over there at the front of the theatre can be a can be a ready-made finished thing as well um and yeah i mean it's always it's always special and surreal to actually have a book with your name on i will never tire of it i remember buying books from the royal court bookshop when i was at university 20 years ago and it feeling like an impossibility that i would ever work on a thing that would end up being published yeah and then uh, to to, you know pick it up and have it in your hands is is incredible yeah totally i think it's always i always find the weirdest bit is seeing it on a shelf with other books because you're like when you've got it you're like okay well this is just the thing the thing i've done when you see it on a shelf next to I am really I I'm always next to Simon Stephen and Polly Stanton. Which is a good con- company to be in. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh well, my books are real, but like their books are. So that's um, yeah. I mean, it's totally bizarre because you feel like other people should know the difference between those two books, but for a little while they don't get to. 
And then there's press mm. night. Yes. Uh, how was that for you? Um, it's it's great in the, I think I think after the show is great because I you know I had fa- friends and family there. Um, you guys, the the um, painter plow team, all came down, um, and it just felt like yeah, there's a properly supportive audience who really enjoyed the show. Um, I find the show watching the show on press night pretty weird and and hard um just because it feels like you're watching it through everyone's eyes and it felt like my head was like zipping around the auditorium rather than actually focusing on the play so I don't think it was until the kind of the final week of the play that I actually properly tuned in with the story again um whereas in the previews I was weirdly more in touch with the story because we were taking such detailed notes um, whereas in press night you're so conscious of being judged that uh, you're kind of you're more aware of that than you are of the characters. Do you read reviews? I do. I wish I was strong enough not to, but I am not. I don't believe people who say they don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think people, how... who, people who don't who say they don't read reviews always seem to have a pretty good idea of what their reviews were. <laughs> like somehow. Um, um, how, but how does it? feel to be judged in that way how do you feel about about this notion of critics turning up in press night and telling you whether your plays are good it feels like your school report (laughs) is being aired to everyone you know in your life (laughs) and yet you are you are you are ridded of the excuse that you didn't try hard enough (laughs) (laughs) like at school if you got a bad report and someone made fun of you for it not that that was a really big thing at school but like uh, you could always be like, oh, you know, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not fussed mm. by that. But when it's your play that you've slaved over for two years, it's like, oh no, it's like, I did try quite hard. So, um, uh, so it's a horrible, it's a, it's a horrible thing. Um, l- luckily we got, I think, I think the critics that saw the show responded to it in a really thoughtful and um, thorough and compassionate way. Um, I think those critics are to be cherished. <laughs> <laughs> All critics who give us good reviews. <laughs> no, but like, well, I mean, obviously, yeah. But um, but also just, uh, I think it's easy. It's it's hard to be. It, I think a critic's job is really tough. I think it's hard to take everything on its own terms and to really put a lot of depth of thought into 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 the things you're seeing when you're seeing that many shows and being asked to write about it that quickly. And luckily, the people that reviewed, some of the people that reviewed the show um, did that with you know, open hearts and minds, and that's yeah. very nice. And then you came back to London. Yeah. Um, do you read reviews? I do read yeah. reviews, yeah. yeah. Um, religiously, always yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, and I, what's more, I care about them, which I really dislike. Yeah, me too. I, I hate that I do. Yeah. Because the notion, I find it absurd after all of the work and love and care that we put into the show yeah. over, you know, in your case, two years, yeah. well, you know, for both of us, two years, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that work, and then someone comes on a train from London, gets off at the station, comes to the theatre, opens a notepad, and says whether they like it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thought that I care about that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, too ridiculous for words, but, but I do, uh, you know, absolutely. Totally. Um, I think the thing that I feel about it is that it shouldn't, 
their opinion shouldn't matter more than any other person in the audience's opinion. So I wish I... We got some really lovely tweets about the show and really lovely like, people coming up to us after the show, which is really nice. Um, and I wish I was able to just... Uh, just And that meant a huge amount. It means a huge amount when people say that. But um, I still want to read the reviews. Like, and for some reason, I'm still waiting for the reviews and I wish I didn't have, didn't have that kind of double standard. Uh, but that's how it is, isn't it? I think it's been like that for time immemorial. I mean, yeah. it's inescapably a, a review. It's still a review-based uh, industry and culture. Yeah. So you know, there's for good reason we care about those stars and those those critiques. But yeah. uh, I think I've got better as I've gone on at uh, getting out, at not getting too pleased with the good ones and not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's key. I think that's key. Yeah. You know, to um steal a footballing cliche someone said last night Sean Dyche Burnley manager doesn't get too high when he wins doesn't get too low when he loses that's what we should all seek to emulate Um, so then you go home to London and uh, you get a show report every night but it it must feel really weird to be just suddenly yeah I found I found it really I found it weirdly I thought I was going to feel totally heartbroken on uh, so the show closed three days four days ago on Saturday I thought I was going to be heartbroken when I came back and didn't get the show reports, but I found it harder when, when it was still going on and 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 we were back here, um, just because you feel slightly distanced from it. You feel like, you just feel like life's kind of continuing and you're going back to your daily. I was going back to having meetings and doing and, and like, uh, failing to get writing done and the stuff that I do on a daily basis, and. Um, that and it's like this thing that you poured your like all your all this work into for such a long time um is 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 petering out or happening so far away and i think it felt very much like plymouth had been this mirage like dream like space that never really happened uh which was really strange um and then it was nice that we got to go back for the final night essentially is what i'm so we went down last saturday we saw the last show it was really it was a really good show wasn't it and uh, it was great yeah yeah and the actors were all on top form, and it was yeah, nice yeah. to see, nice to see the show again without any of the the sort of nervous energy that go along with previews and press. Totally, it was just about like a like just a pure celebration of of them and like of, of what we've done. What's next for you, Sam Steiner? Um, I'm doing. I've got two more plays on the go. Um, I'm doing a new play in Edinburgh this year, uh, with. Uh, the guys I did my first play with um, and I've got another one working on with you guys uh, that is in the works um, and I'm doing a couple of TV and film things um, that's yeah that's what's next what's next for you James Reed great uh, <laughs> what's next for me um, I'm coming to the end of uh, nearly 10 years at Payne's Plough this is uh, your final Payne's Plough show final Payne's Plough show <laughs> Uh, 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 an emotional one at the yeah. end on uh, it's been the best so we'll see what's next I don't know we'll see but um, what's next for this podcast we hope is that Joe and Phil are going to continue to uh, talk to writers and creatives um, well you tell us what what's next for this podcast yeah well definitely talking to writers and creatives mm-hmm. for each of the shows that we do from now on is the plan um, and also probably doing 
um, more insight-based stuff into how we work here at Kane's Plough. Um, so interviewing each other, interviewing different teams, the production team or the admin team, and different people, and seeing if that's at all interesting before publishing <laughs> it. Um, hopefully it will be a bit. More behind-the-scenes access at Payne's Plough. So let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. Um, tweet us at Payne's Plough. Find us all over social at Payne's Plough. Visit our website, Um uh, But for now, that was You Stupid Podcast. I'm sorry it wasn't an episode every week. But <laughs> it was an episode every week and then an episode five weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Uh, thanks for listening. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.